Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. I'm really pleased tonight to welcome a friend, uh, Carrie Walquist. Carrie, thanks for coming and sharing your story with us tonight. I'm happy to be here. And I'm excited to hear, uh, I know you well, but I don't know a lot of the details of your life, perhaps. So maybe you could share a little bit about your background as a Latter-day Saint. I would love to. <laughs> I um, was born in the Covenant. My family was always active in the LDS yeah. faith and um, pioneer stock on both sides all the way back. Wow and grew up, we had a suitcase, a special suitcase that was Henry Augustus Squire's suitcase. He and his wife came through in um, the Willie Handcart Company, so we had lots of stories and mm -hmm. really proud of our pioneer heritage. Yeah, there's and a lot of pride with that, isn't oh there? Oh yeah. yeah, lots of pride and lots of pressure. <laughs> you gotta keep that, that pioneer spirit moving forward in the gospel and how you live your life. And um, we grew up for a time, I grew up in um, Las Vegas hmm. when I was little, and my parents would take their monthly temple trips to the St. George Temple, hmm. and um, the ward would gather little groups, and they'd go, and in the summer, I remember my mom as a Laurel advisor, um, all her Laurel girls would go with her, and they would get to go to the beach to go to the Los Angeles Temple, wow. too, and I remember being so jealous, and I was always looking forward to going to the temple, because it always seemed like such a festivus yeah something fun to do yeah so but and yeah. I understand your your father and grandfather and others had uh, callings and things in the church they did so, you know? um, my dad is the second youngest of five boys and my grandfather whose name was Zelf you don't oh, hear really? that name every day that's a good solid that's Mormon an name interesting but story with that one but amen yes, yeah but um, my grandpa was a bishop and a stake president a couple of times, and he was also a temple sealer mm. and a patriarch and a mission president. Wow. And so um, hearing about the missionary stories, and my grandma was the mission mother, and um, we just grew up hearing all these stories. We knew the names and who they were in the community, the missionaries that had served in Australia with uh, my grandma and grandpa. and. Mm. It was just a big part of our growing up. So. A, lot of, a lot of family stories when you, when the family would get together, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yep. And the Willie Handcart Company and so you on. You bet. Yeah. That's Echo, <laughs> Echo Canyon. I have a great-great-grandma, great-great-great-grandma, and her name was um, Echo because she was oh born my. in Echo Canyon coming oh through bet. with the Willie wow. Company. So. And so you felt like your family life was pretty normal Latter-day Saint thing growing up? I thought up we were just regular LDS stock, very active, at baptized at eight, yeah. and then went into Young Women's and went through the Young Women's program, was in you know the Beehive My Maiden Laurel class presidencies, sure. yeah. and got my patriarchal blessing when I was 11. We got special permission because my grandfather was a patriarch. Oh, wow. 
So, yep, I was, I did my fasting and prayer and I looked forward to um, being able to receive that. It was a big deal in my family as it is with a lot of LDS families to know. And the way that it was explained to me, and I explained it as a, um, a young woman's advisor, is that that was um, kind of part of a special blessing or a special gift that we got from Heavenly Father before yeah. we came to this life was our patriarchal blessing and that we should treat it as our own personal book of scripture and read it and study it and highlight it and pray over it. So that's what I did. And I carried it with me in my scriptures every week to church and looked forward to seeing every blessing fulfilled. Wow. So, 11, that is young. Is that what the special permission was about? Uh-huh. The special permission so was that and also because my grandfather was not in my stake. Oh, a but because, a yeah. State. Oh. Well, we probably will touch on patriarchal blessings again a little bit here in our story. Okay. But, uh, so tell us, you went to seminary, did you? Went to seminary and graduated from seminary. And um, I would, I cheerfully went. I never was, I never had a hard time going to church. Yeah. It was just the thing that we did. It was never up for discussion. But my, I don't think my parents ever had to twist my arm to go. Oh. I enjoyed going. and. Um, loved hearing the lessons. I wasn't nervous to bear my testimony. I felt like I had a close relationship with my Heavenly Father. Did and you? yeah, I really did. And um, priesthood blessings were a huge part of our growing up years. Sure. My mom was um, sick off and on my all my growing up. And I had had several surgeries. So priesthood blessings well, were a big common. deal. Yeah. And I remember one time when I was um, seven, I had to go in for a hip surgery, and I was always oh. kind of, that was one thing that I had in common with Joseph Smith. So it he had made me kind of feel like, surgery. yeah, even yeah. though he kind of scared me a little bit when I was a kid, but that was something that I knew we had in common was we had both endured that. But I turned a, a priesthood blessing down before that surgery, and I, I just, but then I remember laying in bed thinking, Something's going to go wrong if I don't have a priest of blessing. Something's going to go wrong. So, so that morning before, they wheeled me into a little storage closet, and my dad and my mom, and I got a blessing. So, well, so during all this, any questions ever come up about the church, or I mean, in your studies in seminary, anything? Nobody you know, raised I, any questions. For the most part, I bought the story. Um, I never. I loved the Book of Mormon. I thought it taught beautiful things. Yeah. And I just figured that it was true. I prayed about it and I loved the stories and loved the people in it. And um, But I never would pray to ask if Joseph Smith was a prophet because um, the story about have, having him have a question and want to know and then you know Satan came and Satan's always there waiting to um, try to destroy our opportunity to have a spiritual experience. I was always afraid that something Satan would do that to would, you. Yeah. Oh, so I, I, I really, I never bought the story of Joseph Smith, um, probably the way a lot of people do. Um, I, I did not like the fact that he had betrayed Emma. And um, now that I look back on it, my feelings about the Doctrine and Covenants were that it was so it wasn't chronological. It was kind of mishmash put together. Um, 
I didn't like that he told Emma that if she didn't agree with what he did as far as taking more wives, she'd be destroyed. Now, did you know this is a high school person? I did, because I, I remember wow. running across that and thinking, why would God destroy her instead of maybe changing her heart or something? Yeah. But it just seemed like it was oh my kind of a book of convenience for yeah. Joseph Smith. And, <laughs> and that but really anyway, got to you. Oh. It did, yeah. That was scary. But you to remained me, active, and I'm sure you bore your testimony I did, though. Lots uh, of around times. the campfire and other places. Absolutely. And, yeah. My dad was um, employed by the church as an architect, and mm. he was um, over meeting houses in the state for a couple of years, and then they made him one of the architects for the temple, wow. for the temples, and so it was a big deal. Um, to us when a temple was announced. Yeah. And um, where he so might be spending the rest of the right, next couple of years. Right, lots of times. Yeah. And, uh, well, he would just go travel and be there, but a lot of times we were never, well, we weren't allowed if the temple wasn't announced. We weren't allowed to know where he was going. Where it was, yeah. But we, I mean, the temple was a big part of my growing up, spiritual experiences. We always had family home evening, family prayer, scripture yeah. study, so. Very active family. I was happy to be a Mormon at the time. <laughs> I'm very proud to, of oh, your yeah. heritage. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, move along a little bit. You graduate from high school. What happens after that? Graduated from high school and um, went away from home and was a nanny for six months in New York. How were you? And, uh huh. For we an LDS met, family? Nope, for oh. a Jewish family. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, I loved it, had a great time. Um, I enjoyed learning about something different sure. other than, you know, what yeah. had been traditionally taught to me and loved and respected the people's um, religious worship. Yeah. And then came home and um, got my cosmetology license and mm. um, met my sweet Petey. He was, um, we went to rival high schools, but that's kind of his only fault. and. Then we wound up getting this married. Fault. And we'll meet Rick next week. Yes. But, uh, but he was You'll a rival, huh? <laughs> well, just as school. Yeah. But um, we were sailed in the temple and had two little boys. And um, so they were born in the covenant, yeah. active in our ward, loved the little activities, and took church callings willingly. And then um, wound up with some health problems and could not have any more children, mm. and um, we wound up being blessed to adopt two more children, oh. and we're just chomping at the bit to get them to the temple, to yeah. have them sealed to us. And you finally did that, and I we guess. We did. We yeah. took them to the temple and had them <laughs> sealed to us. And how long did this period of tranquility and life in uh, the church go on after that? Um, till about three years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and then... Um, after serving in different multiple callings and teaching and reading and loving our neighbors and um, Rick was serving in the bishopric and started he can tell you his story next week sure. but he started having some questions and I noticed things kind of changing with him he was he never withdrew from the family at all or um, treated us any differently at all. He was, you know, still the same, but he seemed really troubled with a lot of what was happening with his church calling. And I didn't understand it completely until one 
afternoon, he asked if we could please talk about, you know, have a few minutes to talk. And or did you even have a clue of what was coming? I had no clue. No. I mean, I knew that he had some questions, and yeah. um, he'll tell you how that came about. But we went in his man cave and sat down, and he said, Carrie, I'm really having some serious testimony questions. And I just said, really? Like, what? <laughs> and he proceeded to share just a few of the questions that he had about Joseph Smith and some of, not in depth a ton, but some of the doctrines. And I kind of sat, I was a little bit in shock. Oh, I imagine. And, but, you know, one of the things when I met Rick to begin with, one of the very first things that drew me to him was his integrity. And I knew because of how he treated me and our children and respected his parents and my family that he would never do anything to jeopardize our eternal family. And so when he started to talk, I knew that he had to have really spent a lot of time on his knees yeah. and discussing it with God. And. I relate so much to that because that's, uh, I mean, I feel like I've had integrity all my life and when I shared with my wife that same information, it was so hard Oh, and, and yet I knew I knew I couldn't deny it any any longer. What did you think? That's got to take a lot of courage on your part yeah, and on Rick's, you, I know. What did you think? Um, you I, was, I was kind of in shock, but I realized, um, you know, my one of my biggest things was the families are forever thing yeah. and i wanted him when we were gods and goddesses i was going to do the clouds <laughs> i wanted to you know i was in charge you were of doing this part of the decorating right <laughs> i was going to do creative detail on certain parts and of course you'd have um, to share he was more administrative no there would <laughs> there they could clean the toilets but there was to be no other no other wives okay. no but um it was really hurtful to me to think that our family wouldn't be together. And yet, as I read in the New Testament, it's interesting to me how the LDS leadership does not put in the church curriculum. When you teach, I taught gospel doctrine, I taught young women, I taught other Sunday school classes, primary. They don't include verses like about when um, if a woman if a woman um, has this many husbands in the next life because her, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's, who, so who's she really so married, she married to? to yeah. And that marriage is not, there's not marriage in the next life. Well, Jesus said they never, neither, or neither marry or are given in marriage. Exactly. And so I just thought, how can that be right? Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, I realized, you know, the way that the church, the LDS church has it set up, if you're together with your husband or your wife, and you're off creating and populating your worlds over here, your children are off doing the same thing somewhere else. Yeah, your family You're really not isn't together, together, and you're not with God. Yeah. And the most important thing is um, where it was families are forever, and Joseph Smith, and Jesus in those three separate areas. Being a Christian means that Jesus Christ is the center of your life and everything else comes after oh, wow. Him, yeah. including your family. So when we die, 
the beauty of going to heaven is not families are forever. Even though I adore my family, yeah. it's the privilege of being with God. Yeah. And that as your family become believers, they get and to be with you too. And then we really are together. We, we had to deal with that same thing and felt like God had probably more in store for us than we could have possibly, we could possibly imagine. And he more says wonderful. that right in the scriptures. Yeah. And more it's wonderful. a beautiful reassurance. And I, I had to learn to rely on that. And I honestly really believe that that's the truth. Well, how tough was this then to, to hear what he had to say and did you do some study then? I did you some did serious soul searching. Yeah. I had people counseling me to um, not listen to what he would share, even though when he started looking and digging, I mean, he did the, I'm not gonna look in any place that would possibly speak ill of the church or the yeah. LDS lifestyle at all. So he stayed right on LDS.org in the scriptures and still, found huge discrepancies and things that the church had not taught. Yeah. And my dad keeps telling me that the church doesn't hide things from people. But that's like saying a white lie isn't really a lie. Yeah. A sin of omission is still a sin. Yeah. And so it was hard for me to hear that. But as I started doing my own research, Rick did not drag me out of the church. He even offered to go back if I was unwilling to have wow. a marriage where he had left the church and I didn't, he, he would come back to the church to save the union of our family. Yeah. And I just, I knew him to be a man of integrity and love and honor, and I was not about to split up our family. So I started to research and I prayed harder than I've ever prayed. And I asked if it was true. I wanted it to be true so deeply. I wanted the LDS church to be the only true and living church on the earth, just like I had been taught all my life. What, so when I got answer? a no, oh, I oh. just thought, I honestly, I think I would have panicked a little bit and thought, oh, I did something wrong. But the reassurance that came with it, and then the beauty of what happened when they talk about the scales or the blinders coming off your eyes. Did that happen to you? So literally, the beauty of the New Testament just unfolded right in front of me. Isn't it amazing? It was so beautiful. Scriptures that you had read before that never Tripped meant, over. Yeah, yeah. That never meant anything or didn't really apply or something. And scriptures too that had stayed yeah. hidden. One of the biggest ones for me was Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. And I went and looked it up in a study, a New Testament study guide for LDS families, for Latter-day Saint families. Yeah. They don't even address that because it's <sighs> it's the one that talks about in past yeah, times, in sundry ways, God spoke to his children through the prophets. But in now the in the last days, he speaks directly through his son. All that symbolism is just lost on Mormonism. The veil being rent in the temple. Yep. Um, the blood, the shed blood. It, for some reason, the LDS just miss all of those little symbolisms. Which is, and it's truly a loss. So you felt that scale fall off your eyes and Big time. became really a did. new creature, as it Absolutely. were. Absolutely, oh. it was so amazing. I just, I feel like I felt like I had been starved, and I still, I just, I love so much reading the Bible. It makes so much sense. It's laid out the Old Testament or the Old Covenant is um, everything pointing to Jesus Christ. It's the pinnacle experience. He is our high priest. 
And then the New Testament or the New Covenant, yeah. we wouldn't need a New Covenant if we were still in the old one. Right. It's the New Covenant. It's Jesus Christ. That's it. And you, you know this, <laughs> but you cannot they top don't all know that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't top Him. Yeah. You can't add to His message. You can't give more than He gave. No. He is the real deal. And He really did what He said He did. Yeah. And... Well, what... Mormons will say they're Christian. Mm -hmm. And now as a Christian, what do you say to those that whole thing? I mean, it, you were Mormon for so that long, so faithful. That frustrated me. Yeah. I was so... I, I remember hearing that and thinking, I am... I am too a Christian. Yeah. I believe in Jesus Christ. I have a personal relationship with Him. As a Mormon, you say that. Absolutely. Yeah. As a Mormon, you say that. And I totally understand now why there is literally a difference. They are not the same Jesus, and President Hinckley said that very thing. He's he did, didn't he? Absolutely. He said... That isn't the Jesus that... Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I, when I look at that, and I look back... I, I believe that I thought I knew Jesus Christ, and I did have a little window into who He was to me. Really? But it is so much more than that. The beauty of what happened, not in the Garden of Gethsemane, He went to pray and gain strength, mm -hmm. but the suffering and the atonement took place on the cross. That's where the shed blood was, was done, right? It was, and so and that's powerful. that's where He was left alone. In the garden, he was succored by an angel. Right. Yeah. Strengthened. Yeah. Absolutely. And really, if you think about that story, I remember a couple of times, but I just blew it off like everything else. <laughs> but I would think if he really bled from every pore in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he walked out of the garden, his friends and the apostles would have freaked out, covered in blood. Hello? That's true. And no, that isn't, that is not what that was. That's true. And I remember now, looking back, the, the difference between knowing that Jesus Christ fully did for me what I, there's no way I could ever do for myself what He did for me. The most beautiful, amazing, complete gift. I don't have to go to the temple a certain number of times in my life. I don't have to reach out after the dead. I don't have to do my home teaching or visiting teaching. I get to go after people and love on them because Jesus said, believe and love. Yeah. And that's where he left it. He that believeth in me hath everlasting life. Right. Would you read us the scripture that I know you pulled out about grace? And oh, sure. Yeah, would you? I don't yep. This was so cool to me because um, I've gone the rounds with some LDS friends of mine, and I just really love my friends and family that are LDS. Oh, I pray we for them. have such a heart for them, don't we? It's just so, I wish I could explain the difference and what it feels like. They feel like we've been deceived. I know. But having been both places, and I know you have too. I have too. They're truly, it's, it's just, it's night and day difference. But yeah. So the third article of faith, we all learn them from the time we're peewees on up, and it says, We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Yeah. And we just grow up saying this over and over again. And yet, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, 
it says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Christ died there is him. nothing we can do. It's a free gift, and you can't add to a gift. Right. <laughs> and, you know, one thing, um, and if anyone who is watching your show has been told this before, um, how nice for those Christians. They can just sit back and do nothing. They don't have to do their works. Yeah. We do works because we were saved because in gratitude. And that when your heart is changed and you become a new creature in Christ, yeah. You want to you do want things to differently, do but the, the temple God. work, the yeah. all those things, they will not save you. No, they won't. So We're actually running out of time, if you can believe it. You, you've been such a wonderful guest. Could you tell us quickly um, about your family? Has it been hard for them to, it's to, been to have you and Rick? devastating Has to it? our extended families. Are they families. willing to listen at all? No. I've, we've Has had it been disappointing? It's been heartbreaking because no one would, no one asked before if we were Christian. They just that we had left the church. Yeah. So it's been really but you hurtful been to able them. To share. They they don't want to know anything about these things that. Uh, no, we've been told not. They don't want to talk about religion because it will get on them. <laughs> They're afraid whatever happened to us will get on them. Kind of, <laughs> you mean actually in, uh, infiltrate or something, yeah. huh? It'll affect them. Oh, that's but too bad. I've I've got some like that too in the family that just don't want to. It's hard because it's talk. beautiful, but it, just the place to start is just the New the Testament. Bible. If the Bible were really corrupt and had been defiled by man, and Joseph Smith were really a prophet, he would have corrected what the failures were in the Bible, but he didn't. There's still everything that is in here is sound, and the Dead yeah. Sea Scrolls back it up. There's yeah. evidence the everywhere. and everything. Yeah. Well, you've got just a minute or so. What would you tell the Latter-day Saints? You know, I would say um, set aside for just a moment that truth is truth, and um, if it's true, it will stand under scrutiny. So why be afraid to look? Exactly. J. Reuben Clark um, even said that same thing, that it's either true or it's one of the greatest cons, you know, and let us yeah. know. We, we deserve to know. Yeah. So search and look. Don't be afraid because all that can happen is that you will find an answer to your prayer that isn't um, under shadow of anything that men have done. Yeah. Singing praise to the man, it just is, it breaks my heart now because all praise goes to God. Yeah. So, you're right. awesome, Earl. Thanks for having us okay. today. We yeah. just love you and Carla, yeah. and God is so good in <laughs> well, letting our paths cross. Yeah, we appreciate you. And, and to, to go through this journey, uh, knowing that, like you said, being on both sides and knowing, knowing really the truth. I, I pray that the people out there will take the opportunity to learn and listen. Amen. Good night, and thanks for joining us. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.